rejoice. I understand that uh, Deacon Joe Richardson will rejoice, but uh, I want to let you know that I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I know uh, it's so cliche and everybody's blessed and highly favored, uh, but today is just a kind of lesson today to remind us that without tests, there are no testimonies. And I'll assure you that there are many that have testimonies today because uh, many are going through. Uh, but despite that, our uh, unit this uh, month has tried to uh, share with us encouragement from a servant who has been tested. And then today in the final lesson uh, in our unit, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. And uh, the lesson, uh, the authors rather have entitled our lesson, Paul's Thorn in the Flesh. Uh, a man with a thorn in the flesh uh, uh, must have a testimony. And I think it's one that can encourage each of us. And each of us needs that in this hour, this very day. Uh, mm -hmm. We're messed up, folks. We, we, we are totally uh, messed up. And uh, without God intervening, uh, none of us will survive. Uh, but he has promised us that he would never leave us nor forsake us, that he reminds us uh, in our unit this month that he is the God of all comfort. And certainly we all need comforting at this time. Uh, we're going to ask uh, Brother Bogan to come with prayer. We ask that um, all of you be in prayer for uh, fellow church members, uh, those that are sick, uh, those that are afflicted in their bodies, those that are uh, mourning, um, as uh, there are many are. Keep our own uh, dear brother uh, Deacon Newsom in your prayers as uh, his relatives over in South Carolina this week were victims of a shooting uh, while traveling. So keep uh, the Newsom and Duhan family in your prayers. And certainly we want to keep uh, those that are in the uh, Uvalde County, Uvalde City area in prayer uh, for what they're going the morning that they're going through. Uh, Pastor Brown has often stated from the pulpit uh, that uh, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And I know it's difficult for some of us to try to figure out what that joy is. Uh, the joy of the Lord is ever present, no matter what we are going through. And whatever you are going through right now, remember one thing. Uh, God is right there. He's right among you. You just need to trust and lean on him. There's also a reminder in today's lesson that uh, there are many that have gone through and that there are many have suffered in ways that you could never comprehend. Uh, but their suffering is not your suffering. Your suffering is not their suffering. But the same God who gets them through their suffering is the same God that will get you through yours. 
Amen. Amen. Over in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 10, is our printed uh, scripture this morning. Paul has just uh, concluded uh, a dissertation to this church at Corinth, uh, has engaged in some heavy dialogue about apostleship. And, um, you know, uh, you can't listen to the press, whether good or bad, uh, because uh, when it's uh, all uh, good, uh, you're not as good as they say you are. And when it's all bad, you got to remember, you're not as bad as they say you are. But you must always be uh, steadfast, unmovable. You must stand on the word of God. And it would be easy uh, this morning uh, as I've uh, been in various uh, discipleship uh, studies and personal studies, it's easy to get distracted by what's going on around us. Uh, but I'm here to tell you that uh, you can get through this. You can get through this. And some of uh, what you're going through right now, uh, you will remain in it. And you said, Brusney, that's no good news. That's great news. Especially if the one who holds the future in his hand is right there with you. He's made a promise that he will always be with you no matter what. So whatever it is that I have to go through, uh, as long as I don't have to go through it by myself. And by myself, I mean, as long as I don't have to go through it without God. Uh, because mama can be with you, daddy can be with you, brothers and sisters, friends, family church school members can be with you. But it is so comforting to know that the God, the creator of all the universe, is with me, is with you. Verses one through four in today's lesson. <clears throat> uh, it would be very easy to just skip over those four verses and get right into it because it seems that the more appropriate scriptures follow for the time and the season that we're in. But I'm here to tell you uh, that it goes hand in hand with the season that we're in. Because just when you've reached your highest heights, just when you've gone to the next level There is something that happens, and it happens for a reason. And a lot of times, many folk will attribute it to the things that happen to them wrongly or badly. They attribute it to the work of the devil. But I'm here to suggest to you that in today's lesson, we see that God is not out of control. 
And some of the stuff that happens to us is for us. And that God is controlling that. That is difficult and that's hard to comprehend sometimes. But we must do it if we're going to survive this thing sanely. Because just the mere fact of what has happened this week, you can't talk about one event without running smack dab into another. Last Sunday, we were talking about a buffalo and 10 elderly saints. And this week, we're talking about Texas and uh, uh, young children. And uh, in the same week, we're talking about family members of our church that have been gunned down. It's enough to make you crazy. It's enough to make you think, are we under satanic attack? Yes, we are. But God has prepared his people for such a time as this because he's given us this lesson today. Now, today I'm going to need uh, uh, two readers. Uh, uh, Sister Terry J., would you uh, open the mic? And uh, I'd like for you to read the first four verses for me. Uh, the first four verses, verses one through four. Read them all, read them all, read them all. Read all four verses. Are we ready? Okay. All right, sure. I can read. Um, this boasting will do no good, but I must go on. I will reluctantly tell about visions and revelations from the Lord. I was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body. But I do know that I was caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words. Things no human is allowed to tell. interesting a thorn in my flesh the reason why this these verses are joined with the succeeding verses is that there is an experience that the prophet the apostle uh has that is extraordinary I don't know of anyone else who's had such an experience. Uh, and there may be others, but I will assure you that it is not normative, it's just experiential. Because if I heard Sister Terry J. Wright, even in her translation, that is not King James, it says that Paul was caught up in the third heaven. And we're not talking about some imaginary heaven. We're talking about heaven. Paul just comes off this dissertation with the church at Corinth about these super apostles, these false apostles and how they have elevated them and, and the stories that they uh, have told. And it's really amazing that Paul saves this for last before he goes in on to tell you what has really happened to him. Because many of us think that, that, that in order 
to convince people and to motivate people that we have to have these fantastic stories. They are few and far between. And when I say fantastic stories, I'm talking about even like conversion stories. The majority of the people on this Zoom call this morning, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, Sister Ogletree, they, they, they don't have a supernatural story. They heard the word, they responded to the word, they confessed Christ, they're saved. It is nothing that any of us did, whether the, the experience was traumatic or what. Paul got knocked off a, a horse. Here it says that he uh, was caught up in a, a third heaven. He had just iterated experiences uh, where, uh, you know, he had, had to play dead and he was hid in a basket. You know, this happened to the apostle. And he's trying to establish the legitimacy of his apostleship. And Paul really don't even want to be talking about Paul. Paul wants to talk about the gospel. And, and, and that's where I, I was most heavily laid this week. Because we will talk about all the things that are happening to us. And, and all the, the, the fantastic things, the bad things. But, but, but it's not about us. It's not about how we feel. It's about the gospel. Will the gospel be preached and taught in churches around the world today? Because that's what needs to be. Because I'm telling you, the purpose of God, this is the purpose of God. This is the will, rather, of God. Jesus died and men get saved. Some will have fantastic conversion experience. Some will have those experiential moments where something divinely, supernatural, something that can't be explained will happen to them. But I would suggest to you, for those who have had those experiences, look what happened to them after the experience. Paul says here that he was caught up. And you know what? Paul says, I don't know whether it was an in-body experience or an out-of-body experience. That, that's what I read, Terry J. That, 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 that's what I saw. Paul, Paul says, I don't know whether I was conscious or unconscious. And there are some, you know, I, I imagine that, uh, that great uh, 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 student of the Bible, Robin Calvin, would say that, you know, there are some that even taught that, 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 uh, that Paul was dead and was resurrected. So all kinds of speculation. But Paul says he didn't even know. And as a matter of fact, he says, the little that he does know about it, he's been sworn to secrecy. He's not been told to talk about it because it's not about this fantastic experience that you have. Here's a man in ministry. Number of things have happened to him to include the event that we're talking about today, being caught up in the third heaven. Something is about, he's about to share something with us that says, 
enough about me. It's not about me. Yeah, I am an apostle of all apostles. I'm the chief of all apostles. But, you know, I'm not all of that. Because when you look at my life, you will wonder, if this man who's doing all of this for God, if this if this terrible thing can happen to him, if these terrible things can happen to him, what chance do we have? How are we immune from tragedy? I would suggest to you that we're not. Are there evil people in the world? Yes. Will they be used to exact punishment on God's people? Yes, we know that. Will they act out that evil just on, of their own volition? Yes, all of that will happen. But the key thing is, we have people that have gone before us that, that have demonstrated that you too can get this, get through this. You too. Don't think that all hope is gone. Don't think you're just totally vulnerable. But the issue is that you've been blessed. You haven't had these terrible tragedies. It's all been sprinkled around you. Some have, some haven't. But what happens when it hits home? It can hit very close. Doesn't get any closer than one of our church family members. Doesn't get any closer than that. Because many of us are closer to some of our church family members than we are on our, our, our blood relatives. If this can come home to roost in our territory, maybe it is that, hmm, God's just getting ready to use us more mightily. Maybe all this tragedy will finally awake God's people up to, hey, you've enjoyed a great life. You've enjoyed freedom of religion. Now express it. You've enjoyed the right to worship. Now live it. And maybe how our response to the tragedies of today, we can glean something from Paul's testimony here in 2 Corinthians. Paul says, I was taken to the highest heights. I was taken face to face. I was taken to paradise. I was taken to the place above all the earthly heavens, all the cosmos. That's heaven, folk. And here it's described as the third heaven. And he says, I was taken there. But then in verse five, he says one thing, changes the whole tenor. Sister Samuel, Sister Kathleen Samuels, would you uh, read verse five for us? Of such and one will I glory. Yet of myself, I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. Listen, Paul says, 
Sister Pillar, all that has happened to me. I stood face to face with God. I stood nose to nose with God. I received all the blessings that heaven can offer. But I won't boast in it because that ain't about, that's not what's important. It's not about how good God has been to you. Paul says, I'd rather boast about my infirmities. Y'all did not hear me. Sister Hollis, they did not hear me because hear what it is. People love to talk about, oh, I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. The Lord is doing this in my life. The Lord is just blessing me. The Lord is blessing me. He's blessing me right now. Paul says, yeah, the Lord blessed me. But I was yet buffeted. I yet had infirmities. And that's what I want to glory about. That's what I want to boast about. Sure, you can boast about your blessings, but can you boast about your infirmities, your handicaps? Yes, I said it, handicaps. Because, you know, as a matter of fact, uh, 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 Sister Terry I'm glad you read that particular uh, translation because I think it's in that translation uh, that, that Paul concludes in one of the, 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 the succeeding verses here that he is happy he is blessed for his gift of handicapness. Paul says, if you're going to boast, boast about your weaknesses. If you're going to boast, boast about what you don't have. How many of us, in, in going through this week's lesson, uh, one of the things was how many of us ha have thanked God for the trouble that we're in? We, we can thank him for the trouble that we, we haven't received. We can thank him for the trouble that we are out of. But how many of us can thank God for the trouble that we're in? And trust me, we're in trouble. Mm -hmm. we're, we're in trouble. Because that's what sin does. Our biggest enemy is not laws, regulation, guns, and our biggest enemy is me and you, man, because we're sinners. But can you boast about that? Let's see what you're boasting about. Sister Kathleen, give me one more verse in verse six, I think it is, because now I'm going to find out why he's boasting. Although I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seemed me to be, or that he heard of me. Those folk that run around talking about I've been blessed and I'm highly favored, all it, you know, everything is right with the world. You know, things are just going wrong. We could just hold on. All you have to do is be prayerful, and the Lord will bless you, bless you, bless you. Paul says, I thank God that I have been afflicted with infirmities. And he says, because what it will do, what it has done for me is that it makes me think less highly of myself than I might be if I was tempted 
to boast. Let, let me let me say that another way. You see me in all my glory, but you don't know what went on in it. And so I don't want you to get a false perception of what my attainment, what my accomplishments are. I would rather you look at the reality of my life. When I read that, Sister Pillow, Paul, are you crazy? Paul says, don't play me for a fool. I'm not a fool. I just realized that despite the fact that I've been face-to-face -face with God in the third heaven, I don't have anything that's not to be boasted about. What I should be boasting about is how God is keeping me in my afflictions, how God is keeping me in my infirmities. That's what I want to boast about because that's what gives God glory. What I've done, you look at me and say, oh, he's in heaven. He, he spoke with God himself. He was right there at, at, at the throne uh, with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was right there. Paul says, nah, I don't want you to see me in that light. I want you to see me in the same kinds of things that you too will have to go through. Because although your affliction is not my affliction, your handicap is not my handicap, he says, you can all boast in your weaknesses. Not how good you look, how well you can speak, how many ministries you had. Paul says, talk about your weaknesses. And he says, if you just hold on with me for a few more minutes, I'll tell you why. But I want you to soak it in the fact that all this boasting about what God is doing for you and how you're blessed and you, you have some great prophetic utterance. God says, the, uh, uh, Paul says, the most magnificent thing that could ever happen to one's life, I haven't been even allowed to speak about it. And I wonder why God told him, don't say a word. Don't describe it. Say it happened, but don't give no detail. Because that was for you. And I don't want folk thinking you're all that and taking glory away from God. Paul says, and that's how I see it. And he says in verse 7, so Samuel's. I promise, let's be your last verse, your last verse, okay. verse seven. Unless I shall be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I shall be exalted above measure. Hmm. Paul says, do you want to know why? Mr. Pillar, do you want to know why? Sister stop, uh, uh, Stalin, do you want to know why? Deacon Harmon, you want to know why? 
Do you want to know why Paul says, I will glory in my infirmities? He says, because God gave them to me. It's a gift. If God gave it to you, it's a gift. That doesn't make sense, Paul. Paul, I, I, wait, wait a minute. You, you mean to tell me this suffering, this agony that I'm going through? Can, can you imagine uh, families, if you would, in Uvalde saying, God, why? Why this agony? Why this agony? Paul says here, I was given it because I would have been exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations that I were given. My experiences would have caused me to be lifted up and would have caused me to be less humble. So in it, in verse seven here, we see the first reason why afflictions happen to good people, why bad things happen to good people, is to humble us. Is to humble us before God. Because most people go along their lives, and the, and the thing that really gets me, Please buy, because when you're ever in trouble, it says, scripture says, I will lift my eyes into the hills. But nobody thinks about God until they are afflicted. Paul says, you are afflicted and you ought to always keep your mind on God. Because some of that stuff has been brought on you to keep you from being boastful, proud building yourselves up, trusting in other things. We, we, we were in uh, midweek uh, uh, Bible, lunch with the Lord this week. And, and I found myself saying, you know what, 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 what people do, they don't, they don't trust God, they trust guns. Because I think the bishop asked, well, what other gods are, are we putting before? Yeah. People, they, they trust laws. They they think that 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 if I say the right thing, if I make the right law, if I uh, 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 if I have the right weapon, I, I I can survive this. Paul says, "No, I am drawn closer to God when I am totally vulnerable. After all that has been given, after all the revelation." After all the understanding that I've been given, I'm drawn closer to God in my infirmity. Do y'all hear me? In other words, I mean, the fact that you can, you know, open up this Bible and, you know, you can hook up the right uh, 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 phrases and, and you have this uh, 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 gift of illumination, that doesn't immune you from tragedy. And it shouldn't be something that should be exalted above God. It says, trust God. Can you trust God when you're weak? They, they, there's not one person on this call today. If they had the power to do something about what happened just this week, they would do it. But you are powerless. But can you trust God when there is no tragedy? Or must there always be some tragedy 
in order for you to trust him. Paul says here, I trust him for the infirmity that he has given me despite the revelation and visions that he's given me. He says, but also Satan has attacked me. God gave me a gift, but Satan has taken advantage of it. God gave me a gift of a infirmity and Satan now comes on and jumps on because Satan sees an opportunity. If Paul is weak, I'm going to put my dominions on him. Just look at what the apostle, what led to this discourse. People questioned his apostleship, saying he wasn't all that. Saying, well, hey, you, you're the least of all the apostles when he was the chief of all apostles. Lied on him, scorned, beaten, battered, bruised. All afflictions. And he says, now, I want you guys to take that because I know some of you have been trying to figure out what it is, what is the thorn in the flesh? Did Paul say in this scripture? Did, did he say what the affliction was? Well, why y'all so knows? Why, why do you want to know? What does it matter? Because I guarantee you, Davies, if, if, if Paul had told us exactly what the affliction was or what the afflictions were, because there's more than one, because I, I see he says he had a thorn in the flesh. The word that he used there is scalopolis, which means a, a, almost like a stake. It, it wasn't no little prick. It, he, it was something that was bothering him. But he's also saying that he's been attacked by the devil. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a both physical and a spiritual infirmity. But yet Paul doesn't say what it is. Now we tried to figure it out. You know, you, you great Bible scholars, you know, y'all tried to, they, they, they tried to say what it was. Uh, uh, but I, I think there's a reason for it not being told. Because then if you, some 2,000 years later, come along and have that same uh, affliction, you will think that you had the same understanding revelation, that you had the same privilege, or just because you had that. Because, quite honestly, I mean, you know, it would be easy even for me to go and talk about uh, what the affliction was, you know, guessing based on the other folks' uh, interpretations. But there are some clues, but there was more than one is what we're trying to say, because there's more than one person. Paul here gives a testament. I've had all of these. And so you may not have all of them, but you'll have one of them. And we know one that, you know, his eyesight was bad so much so that over in uh, uh, Galatians, I believe you find a clue over in chapter six, uh, you'll find that he now writes in very large print. Uh, those letters that he did uh, uh, actually pen uh, because of his eyesight. But he was also tormented. He was beaten, bruised, battered, almost killed. Those are a lot of afflictions. 
And the devil certainly was after his ministry. But Paul says that I've done this. I, I've, I've accepted this as a gift so that I wouldn't be exalted. In other words, so that it would draw me closer to God. Oh, we got another reason. It humbled him so that he wouldn't be exalted, lifted up, but it also drew him closer to God. Because when you're without strength, God's got to be your strength. Okay, Sister Gwen Thompson, uh, would you uh, take us out? Verse 8, please. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. Now, want you to listen. Want you to listen. This is why we have to be careful about our prayers. Okay? God says, we've been taught. First work, workshop I ever uh, uh, went to here at Resurrection, uh, uh, Mother Douglas and her sister, I think uh, we're conducting it. Uh, God says, yes. God says, no. God says, not now. But what do you do when God says no? Because Paul here says, according to Sister Gwen, that three times he said, Lord, take this away from me. Sister Gwen, verse 9. And he said unto me, What did my he grace, say? My grace is sufficient. What did for he me. say? My grace is sufficient for what me. What did he say? My grace is sufficient for thee. Oh, my goodness. Did for you my... hear the Lord? Did you hear the Lord? The Lord says, Paul, my grace is enough. You're all, I'm all yes. that you need. You asked me three times. I know your heart. You want, you want this infirmity or these infirmities removed because you think it'll make you a better apostle. But my grace is sufficient yes. to make you the apostle that I want you to be. Y'all don't hear me today. Because a lot of times when we get in trouble, when we feel vulnerable, when we are hurting, when we have such great need, we would say, Lord, if you would just remove this, then I could do this. And God tells us in no uncertain terms, my grace is sufficient. Whatever it is that I need you to do in the kingdom, you can do it by the grace that I've already given you. That should shout you. Yes, you feel vulnerable now. Yes, you feel afflicted. Yes, this is a thorn. Yes, this is a battering by Satan himself. God tells each of us, my grace is sufficient. You really want to do something? I've given you all you need. Then, Sister Gwen, if you would, could you just tell us why? For my strength 
is made perfect in weakness. Stop. Wait a minute. Sister Gwen, you're reading too fast there. Mm -hmm. You're reading too fast. You, they will miss this if you read that that fast. Did you hear what God says? God says, first of all, my grace is sufficient. I'm all you need. Then he says, what, Sister Gwen? For, For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Show you something, Sister Pillow. He says, I've given you this infirmity so that you would be humble. I've given you this infirmity so that you would draw close to me. And then he says, I've given you these infirmities because they invite my power. Oh, y'all don't hear me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How can you have a pity party now? When you know, when you're feeling the most vulnerable, when you feel like that there's nothing I can do, Sister Joyce, God says, my strength is made more potent by your weakness. See, because before you thought you could do it. You thought you could convince the legislators. You thought you could go tell the doctors to give you the right medicine. You thought you could do the right exercise. And God says, hold up, that's you. You, you, you know better than the boy, uh, uh, Sister Terry, uh, that we talked about in Basic Doctrine, Henley. Y'all remember the, the, the poet, out of the night that covers me, dark as the pit from pole to pole, Invictus. I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. What God is showing us here is that you aren't in control of anything. And that when you turn your perceived control over to God, it gives him even more strength. It says that his weakness that your weakness is, uh, is his strength. His strength is made perfect, is being perfected. Each time that you want to depend on him more and more and more, each time you want to beseech him, each time you want to cry out to him more and more, Lord, help me, Lord. He says, I have more power to even work. I'm literally feeding off of your weaknesses because I know now you trust me and not yourselves. Sister Gwen, uh, I think we're gonna get through this this time. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. <laughs> Paul says, do you think I'm crazy now? When you, when you realize what I just said, that God's power is invited, Whenever I'm weak, he says, the thing I want to boast about is my infirmities. Because the power of Christ rests upon me. So now Paul is saying something else here. Not only does God's power increase and that his infirmities invite God's power, is that he now has a power. Because the power of Christ rests on him, rests in him. When you stop struggling, when you stop trying to do, when you acknowledge, Lord, I am weak, but thou art strong. That's when you have power. 
when you acknowledge your weakness, when you, when you boast about your infirmity. Oh yes, I'm weak, but my God is powerful. My God is an awesome God. He reigns on heaven and earth. My God is awesome. Oh, I'm weak. I, 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 you know, hey, physically, spiritually, I'm weak. I got a thorn in my flesh. I got things that keep me from doing things that in my mind, I think keep me from doing things that I need to be doing for the kingdom. And God says, look here, turn it over to me. Trust me. Because I become even more powerful when you're weak, when you're willing to leave it alone. You want to try with your might? Or do you want the power of God working in your life? Paul says, I boast about my infirmities. Oh, yes. Now the secret is out. It wasn't just one. It was multiple. So you pick one. You're going through now. And you think you can't do. Ah, common. I hear it. Fred, I hear it all the time. Come to evangelism. Ah, Rasneed, I'm just too old. I, I, I can't do it. Wrong. I, I, oh, the reason why I can't do it, my memory isn't what it used to be. If you're more than two days old, your memory ain't what it used to be. I got physical, oh, I, I just can't get up. I can't drive no more. God says, my power is made perfect in your weakness. If you'll embrace it, if you humble yourself, if you invite me in, if you draw closer to me, if you acknowledge your weaknesses, my power is made perfect. And I can have you do anything because I'm the one that began a good work in you. I'm certainly the one that can finish it. Y'all don't hear me. Sister Gwen, if you would, verse 10, and then I'm going to leave you alone. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for mm -hmm. Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I see a few smiles. On the faces. But y'all y'all had already read that? Y'all didn't want uh, Sister Gwen to read that? Did, did y'all want to read it all together? Did everybody in the class want to read that? So that would that would be their marching orders for the rest of the day? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to invite you to uh, unmike, but you certainly can mouth the scripture with her. He says, therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities. But he doesn't stop there. In persecutions. But he doesn't stop there. In distresses, for Christ's sake. Because I realize one thing. For when I'm weak, at my weakest, most vulnerable point, I am strong. When I trust the Lord. When I boast what God can do. Not boast about what I'm going through not boast about my experiences in ministry, not boast about the high heights that God has taken me. But when I can boast in 
the fact that I really don't remember the way I used to remember. But God is able to do a, a mighty work in me. I, I, I may not even be able to walk the way that I used to walk, but I'm going to run on for the Lord. I acknowledge that I am weak. And when I do that, I am really boasting that I'm strong. That's Paul's thorn in the flesh. What's yours? That's that's Paul's thorn in the flesh. He reveled in it. Do you boast about yours? For Christ's sake? That's my time. Thanks for yours. Pray for each other. Pray that God would move in the lives of men and women, boys and girls, all over the land. Pray that uh, God will do what he said he would do over in Chronicles. If my people will call by my name, will humble themselves and pray, then will I hear from heaven. And then will I heal the land. Have a great week. We'll see you guys next week.